Isaiah chapter 53, I'd like to begin reading in verse 4. The Bible said, Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I want to preach this morning and teach for a little while on the atoning power of Christ. Part 2, the atoning power of Christ. Now in part 1, Wednesday night, we began, and we began this message and we looked at the four levels of healing that a person, can, a person receives or that a person can go through. And uh, I want to just do a little preview of Wednesday night and uh, kind of bring us up to speed. And then we're going to tie in part two and we're going to move on. But uh, I want to begin to just kind of refresh our memory a little bit on the part one as we look at the four levels of healing that a person can receive. The first level of healing is the laying on of hands. This is when a person will have someone lay hands on them, praying the prayer of faith and depending on that person's faith and anointing to bring healing to their body. Now, I'm a firm believer that in the atoning power of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross of Calvary for us was more than just deliver us from sin. I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, He did that, that we would be able to be whole and we would be able to be healed not only and delivered from our sin, but that God would bring healing in our body. I also believe that through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, uh, that He equipped the body of Christ to be able to minister to the body. I believe that He has equipped us and He's giving us His grace and His mercy and His anointing for the body to be able to pray for the body and them to receive healing. And the first level of this is laying on of hands. The second level of healing is the gift of healing. We find the gift of healing is when God supernaturally heals the sick through a ministry anointed to pray for particular types of diseases through the Holy Spirit. There are men and women that God has moved upon down through the history of time that God has anointed them and give them the gift of healing that they could go and heal and, and pray for specific things and God would bring His anointing and God would bring healing and they would recover through the gift of healing. The third level of healing is when the elders anoint with oil and praying the prayer of faith. And the book of James chapter 5 tells us about this, that if there's any among you sick, call for the elders of the church and let them pray for you, anointing you with oil, praying the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And I believe this is part of the atoning power that Jesus Christ provided for us. God's equipped the body of Christ with 
with the power to minister to one another by calling for the elders of the church. You might say, but pastor, why do we need to call for the elders of the church? This is not just talking about the elders or the older people age-wise. This is talking about the mature people. It doesn't matter your age as long as you're, you're, you're have the wisdom and the faith and you've come into the knowledge and the understanding about what the atonement has done. Letting them anoint with all, pray the prayer of faith, and the sick shall recover. The fourth level of healing that we experience is speaking the word by faith and receiving healing. This is when a person has enough faith to say, you don't have to lay hands on me. Just speak the word in the name of Jesus and I'll receive my healing by faith in the spoken word. Now in every one of these methods of healing it's dependent upon one thing. It's dependent upon a person. An interaction with somebody besides yourself. It takes the hands of a man or a woman to lay hands on a person. It takes a person operating in the gifts of healing to receive healing. It takes an elder with a bottle of oil praying the prayer of faith over them to receive healing there. It takes someone speaking the words of healing by faith for a healing to take place. You see I believe that God ordained and anointed the body and equip the body to bring healing and to pray and to bring healing to the body through ministering to one another. But on the flip side of that coin, I believe that it has got us to a point that it has made the church too dependent upon people instead of being dependent upon God. I've got to have somebody call me out and give me a word. I've got to get to church where somebody can lay hands on me and pray for me. I've got to have somebody prophesy to me. I've got to have somebody to give you a word. Honey, I got news for you. You're serving the same God I am and you need to be able to get a word on your own. You need to be able to call on God and God give you a word that'll direct your life without coming to somebody else and having them do it. There's nothing wrong with praying for one another. God has ordained it. But when we get to a point that we depend on somebody else instead of our relationship with Him, we're too dependent on people. We're too dependent on people. This has happened because the body of Christ has not fully understood the atoning work of Jesus Christ at Calvary and the cross. They've not understood the fullness of the covenant. We have preached parts of it that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. But before Christ went to the cross, the Bible tells us that he was beaten with 39 stripes upon his back with a cat of nine tails. Now Isaiah tells us in chapter 53 and verse 5, he said, by his stripes we are healed. Then when you go into the New Testament in 1 Peter 2 and 24, we find that Peter wrote, by whose stripes you were healed. In the New Testament,
Testament, Peter's saying this is something that's already been done. Isaiah was saying this is something that's coming. It's from the time that he comes to the future. But Peter's saying it's already been done. It's already been provided. It's already been equipped. So he was saying the equipper, the healer, the deliverer's already come and his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and he's already provided healing for us. But you see what most people have been taught is that the healing is just a spiritual healing of the soul, but we need to take in consideration what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. He said, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I don't want you to just be saved until he comes. I want you to be whole in your mind, in your body, and in your spirit, and I want you to be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. It did not do Jesus Christ justice for him to die on the cross and give his life for us just to be delivered from sin but yet not be victorious over the physical and the mental battles that we go through. It wouldn't have been a complete deliverance. How many knows this morning that God doesn't do anything halfway? God does it all the way when he does it. If you say that Jesus only died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, then we're only covering one part of one aspect of the atonement. And that's the spiritual side, the spiritual healing of the spiritual part of man. But let's look back for a moment in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, and let's look at it for a moment. (coughs) He said in this verse, he said, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. This covers the spiritual part of our healing and the atonement. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. This covers the mental and the emotional side of the healing. And then when he said, and by his stripes we are healed, this covered the physical part of the atonement. Now, Isaiah 53 and 3 said, He was rejected, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. This verse lists the three major emotional battles that every human being will encounter in their life. I'm going to show you this morning that God provided healing for every area in your life, not just the forgiveness of your sins. He provided healing. Now we're going to look... At the three emotional battles that we go through as human beings. He carried rejection so you wouldn't have to, according to the word. It said he was a man of sorrows. Sorrow is the second major emotion that people will encounter. The third area of emotion that people have to deal with is grief. So Jesus was rejected. He was a man of sorrows, and he was acquainted with grief. He covered all three aspects of the mental battles that you and I are going to face or go through in any time in our life. 
He covered all three of them. Jesus has taken on himself the three major emotional difficulties that every human being on the earth will ever go through. Everything that you could name me will fall under one of these categories, either rejection, sorrow, or grief. It will fall under one of those three categories. You see, Isaiah 53, 4 said, Surely he has bore our grief and carried our sorrows. Another word has, has taken on our sickness or our pain or our sorrows. It's compared to the scapegoat in the Old Testament. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, let me explain to you what the scapegoat was in the Old Testament. On the Day of Atonement, there would be two goats that would be identical that would be brought to the priest. One was a goat for the Lord, and it was sacrificed and it was placed upon the altar as a burnt offering to go for the sins of the people. The second goat, which was called the Azazel, was for the priest to put his hands on his head and transfer all the sins of Israel to that goat. The priest would take the first goat, sacrifice it, put it on the altar for the sins of the people, offer a burnt offering to the Lord. The second goat, the priest would come, he would take his hands and he would lay his hands on the head of that goat and he would pray a prayer transferring all the sins of Israel to that goat. And then the goat would be sent away from the presence of the people into the wilderness where he would be pushed off of a cliff never to come back again. All right, now let's do a little comparing. When Christ bore our grief, our sorrows, our sickness, and our sin, it's the theme of the scapegoat where everything is placed on him. He takes it upon himself and then he casts it away destroying all the power of sin and all the power of the devil. Colossians 2 and 14 said, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. He said, I took all of it and I nailed it to the cross. I did away with it. You see, before Christ ever went to the cross, he was beat with 39 stripes. Now, if you want to really do an in-depth study and you start studying the scientists and the doctors and you start studying the medical field side of it, you'll study diseases. The doctors have found out that you can take every major disease known to mankind, which are hundreds, and you can break them down and they will fall under 39 categories. I don't believe that's a coincidence. Now, Jesus received 39 stripes, which means that every time a stripe was laid on his back, it represented one disease. This means that every disease known to man has already been covered by the blood of Jesus, which gives us healing and health and power and anointing and victory that have already been healed. My body just don't know it yet, and my spirit knows it, and the Word knows it, and my mind knows it, but my body ain't 
ain't received it yet. But I'm waiting on the body to line up. And I'm waiting on the miracle to happen because it's already been done. Jesus has already healed us. It's already a work that you ain't got to ask him to do. It's a work he's already completed when he, when he went to the cross. He finished it. I want you to look at Christ in the garden for a moment. When Jesus went into the garden, he prayed three times and said, If it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Now, Luke tells us that his sweat became as great drops of blood. Why did his sweat become great drops of blood? Have you thought about it? Jesus told his disciples in John 14 and 30, he said, The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Now, why was the prince of the world coming? Here's why. The Bible said Jesus, no, he knew no sin, but became sin. When you go over in the New Testament, you'll find that it said that he made him who knew no sin to become sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God. He knew no sin. How did Jesus become sin? He never made a mistake. He never committed sin. But it's just the concept and the parallel of the scapegoat. Jesus, like the scapegoat, took the sin of the people. Now watch this. When the priest laid his hands on the scapegoat, you didn't physically see all the sins uh, go on to the goat, uh, but in the spirit, God saw something. And for God laid down laws uh, that said, when the priest touched that goat, uh, in my eyes, I'm going to let every sin that Israel has committed to go on to that goat. There was laws written in the Old Testament that God gave the people that said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm anointing the priest of the house that when he lays hands on the goat and transfers the sins of the people to that goat, that's what I'm going to see and that's what I'm going to allow happen and the sins of the people are going to be transferred from their soul to that goat. Now when Christ is in the garden and starts praying, the Son of God who never known sin, all of a sudden feels what it's like to be someone who's bound by sin. Because in the garden, he could already feel the burden of what was coming from the cross. All of the sin ever committed by humanity is being placed on his spirit and on his shoulders even at the time he's in the garden praying. His sweat became as great drops of blood because he was feeling extreme stress to the point that he was about to die because he was feeling what it's like for a person to be bound by sin and have the sins of the world resting on your shoulders. He was feeling all the sin. He was feeling all the sickness of every human being that would be born from that time forward to the end of time. Matthew 8 and 17 said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. 
He's already taken our infirmities. He's already bore our sickness upon himself. We need to understand that in the atonement of Christ, that he took care of everything so that we would have total deliverance for spirit, for mind, and for body. God wants you to be totally whole. He doesn't want you to be tormented in one area and healed in another. He wants you to be whole in every area of your life. He don't want you to be bound by sin, but he don't want you to be plagued by the mental anguish and battles of your mind, but he don't want you to deal and be tormented by sickness either. The stripes on his back were for our physical healing. The crown of thorns that was placed on his head was for our mental healing. Have you ever thought about it? It took the shedding of blood to cover the sin. It took the shedding of blood to cover the mental battles as that crown of thorns is beat down into his brow and blood begins to gush down his face with every drop of blood that went down his brow it covered the mental anguish and the mental battles that the body of Christ would go through from that day forward the crucifixion was for our spiritual healing and deliverance for sin that we would be overcomers. Jesus Christ didn't give his life on the cross just to deliver us from sin, but he gave his life that we would be whole in every area of our life. God does not do anything part way. He does everything all the way. John 10 and 10 said this, I'm come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God wants you to have life more abundantly. He doesn't want you to be plagued by sin. He doesn't want you to be plagued by fear in your mind. He doesn't want you to be plagued by physical ailments and sickness that's going to hold you back from accomplishing the work that Christ needs us, the body of Christ, the last day church, to complete. We need to finish the job. We need to finish the work. We've got work to do. Jesus is coming. I believe with every thread and every fiber in me that Jesus is coming and God's going to come and send His Son and the rapture's going to take place. But until then, we've got to work. We've got to be busy. We've got to be healing. We've got to be praying. We've got to be seeing souls saved. We've got to be seeing people touched and delivered. The price has already been paid. Jesus paid it all. All have to do, all we have to do is believe in Jesus and what he did for us. Jesus bore my sins. He carried my griefs. He pulled my heavy load. He signed my pardon. He paid my price. He paid my ransom. He bore my shame on his own nakedness. He paid for my sins by being the only man to die without sin. He conquered my enemies. He destroyed Satan's plan. He became the ultimate sacrifice. He took my place. He let them nail his hands so mine could come and be lifted up 
up in the house of God with praise. He let them nail his feet so mine could be free to walk the earth and declare the works of the Lord. He let them break his heart so mine could be mended and I could be whole. He let them scourge his body so I could have wholeness of life. He let them give him a crown of thorns so the day come that I could wear a crown of righteousness and be exalted in heaven. He let them offer his bitter cup so I could drink from the living water that flows from the throne room of grace. He let them put him in a tomb so I could experience resurrection day. If this body goes by the grave, you better look out because this grave ain't going to hold this body down. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. It ain't going to hold me. It ain't going to contain me. I'm coming out. He let them beat his back so I could be healed. He let them mock him so I could have dignity. He let them crucify him so I could be free. He let them drag him to an unjust courtroom so I could be justified. He let them show him no mercy so I could receive mercy. He let them take away his rights so I could have grace. He let them stripe him so I could be clothed with righteousness. He let them put him through a mental agony so I could be mentally whole and not be plagued by fear he let them scream at him so I could have peace in my mind and I thank God this morning that he paid the price that I could be whole in my spirit, in my mind and in my body through the atoning power of Jesus Christ I wish somebody would give him praise in this house We need to get it in our mind and in our spirit that Jesus Christ did more than just deliver us from sin. But He took care of our needs. He took care of our mental battles. He took care of our physical battles. And He took care of our spiritual battles because He's a complete God. Everything is complete. I haven't said anything to anybody about this but I'm going to tell you what the Lord spoke in my spirit the moment that I'm sitting in front of my doctor and he's going over my options of what I'm going to do about prostate cancer and he starts telling me the numbers on the Gleason scale and when he said Mr. Kimberly your number is seven you know what seven is seven's the number of completion in God Seven is the number of completion. And when the Lord began to quicken my heart about this message, He said, I want you to tell the people that I did more than just deliver them from sin, that I'm the complete God, and just like your number is seven, and it's the number of completion, I also have completed it for everybody that will believe upon me, and I'm the healer totally over mind, spirit, and body. He's a healer of more than just our sin. He wants us to be complete. He wants us to be whole. How can you be effective in the spiritual realm if you're plagued in the mental realm? 
How can you be effective in the kingdom work and ministering and seeing souls delivered if your mind is captivated by the sickness that plagues your body? God wants us to be totally whole. 